This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome in to the West of the Rest podcast. It is Monday, September 26th, and we're here once again to kick off your week with another podcast breaking down West Coast recruiting. I am Blair Angulo, joined by my co-host, Brandon Huffman, the national recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports. Brandon, how are you doing? Blair, no seasickness this weekend for me. I had, if anything, I had height sickness being in the very high press box at Husky Stadium covering the game for Stanford 24-7 sports for the Stanford-Washington game. But, you know, it wasn't college football weekend with you and I not sailgating in Lake Washington, but we'll do it soon. To get back into civilized life, right, and to be a commoner, you know, that must be a steep drop from one week where you're out in the water and you're sailgating and you're getting ready for a nice Pac-12 Big Ten showdown out in Seattle under the sun. And then the next the next week, they're putting you to work, Brandon. Putting me to work. The soda machine was like tripping out and like sprayed Coca-Cola all over my hand. It, it was one of those nights where, you know, you realize how exciting it is to just be a normal person and tailgate rather than having to go back and be on the clock. And then the one thing about the Pac-12 that we've talked about is their TV times have always been way too late. And it was a 7.30 kickoff. And... I didn't even get out of the press box, I think, until like 12.30. So, you know, first world problems, I know. But we, I mean, we're the Washington reporters, I think, on, on this podcast, because I am considering going out to the Rose Bowl on Friday night to be one of 17 fans that makes it to Pasadena to watch <laughs> UCLA take on the Huskies. That'll be a prime time Pac-12 after dark, two undefeated teams. We'll see which one's for real, which one's a fake. I don't know if I'm going to be there. Obviously, we work on Fridays covering high school games, so it kind of depends on on my schedule and if I'm able to fit in a Thursday night game or whatever it may be. But it's on the it's on the table. It, it could happen, and if and if it happens, then we'll have something to talk about on the podcast next week. So that's a little bit of my incentive to potentially go and just share some stories from my experience at the Rose Bowl, which has been getting a lot of it's been catching a lot of strays this season. Huff, I know we talk about that a lot here on the show. But the Rose Bowl and the crowd there, no punches have been pulled. Remember to give the Football Recruiting Podcast a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Like and subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel as well. Let's begin with our weekly feature now, the overreacting. And let's begin in Berkeley. 
Huff, where Cal knocked off Arizona, slowed the hype train a little bit. Jetfish has been, you know, gathering a lot of momentum, has been getting a lot of the headlines, but Cal was was really efficient. Uh, true freshman running back Jaden Ott rushed for every yard imaginable, I think, in that matchup. Uh, he turned in a, a terrific performance. The defense looked really good, especially after the, the loss to Notre Dame last week, and, and they bounced back in that way. And here's my question. Are we overreacting when I say that Cal might be Big Ten worthy? I mean, they've got... Jack Plummer, who was a former Big Ten quarterback, if uh, if I recall correctly, you already got a D- your head coach was a former defensive coordinator in the Big Ten, and and the thing is, like Cal in recent years, they've uglied up games. They've won with defense, which is the you know the, the staple of Justin Wilcox's teams, but the offense seemed to be you know imit- doing its best Iowa imitation at times, or you know with Wisconsin imitation. But you know after yesterday. And you see the way they ran the ball, and you look at the defensive effort. Look what Notre Dame did on the road at North Carolina on Saturday. But you look at what Cal did to that same offense in South Bend a week ago, and I think Cal might be, you know, playing themselves at minimum into people need to take them a little bit more seriously. But hey, you know what? If you're interested in that East Bay television market, then there might be a school available for you in the Big Ten. How angry would George Kliakoff be? You know, we, cool. we've, we've, we've read the reports, right, that George Klyukov has appealed to the UC Regent, would be the University of California Regent, that UCLA's move to the Big Ten is uncalled for, unwarranted. It would be a loss financially. It doesn't make sense for the student athletes. Uh, but it's also clumping in Cal saying that its parent school, right, which is the original Cal Berkeley, uh, would also be affected, right? Because they would lose revenue, uh, you losing UCLA from the TV deal and from that Los Angeles market then waters down the ability for Cal to also, you know, profit financially. And so there's a, there's a whole different, you know, tug of war going on right now. But how hilarious would it be if Cal then got clumped in the Big Ten? Right. And, and the, the best part of it is like you got basically... Our dude here is telling mommy and daddy they should you should not allow your son to do any of the things he wants to do, but we want him. You know, you guys need to step up and basically make him love us. Like, bro, thirst showing too much of it right now. It is the great philosopher that Dina Menzel once said, let it go. Where was the cer- the sense of urgency before, right? Like that, right. that's my question is why did it ever come to this? Why has the Pac-12 lost sight of how valuable the LA market is, right? I think they took it for granted, and now that they're gone, or at least they're trying to to, to go, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, like never mind, like we actually love you guys. Uh, here's a bigger share of the TV revenues, right? Where they were actually sharing it equally among all Pac-12 schools, but you know that's neither here nor there. I do feel like Cal has been turning in a good a good campaign. They've, they've looked good, I think, on the field. Um, that loss to, to Notre Dame was, a, in a way, a heartbreaker for them. But I think we're now really seeing the DNA and the blueprint of a Justin Wilcox team, uh, and, and it's really coming true, I think. And so they're going to be a scary team, I think, to watch. They've been taking some shots downfield. I mentioned Jaden Knott, the true freshman who was from Southern California, played a couple years at Bishop Gorman before wrapping 
starting up at Norco, uh, where he's originally from. Uh, he's been really terrific. So the Bears, uh, a program to watch. With Boise State, let's move on to our next overreaction. Has the magic worn off, Huff? Are we overreacting if we say that the Broncos might have lost a little bit of dust? I think that the Boise State that we kind of all fall and, and you know, this is funny. I saw this on Twitter the other night. You have one trick play against Oklahoma, and that's all you have. Though, three years later, they won another Fiesta Bowl. The year after that, they were a couple of controversial kicks away from potentially surprising everybody and playing for a championship. I mean, Boise State was good for more than just the Oklahoma game. But they haven't been to the New Year's Six Bowl since the first year, Brian Harson's first year. It just does not seem – you. Know, I think it's been – you know they, they won the Mountain West maybe three years ago, uh, then lost to Washington in the Las Vegas Bowl. It's been a while since Boise State has been the dominant team that we kind of fell in love with from 2006 to about 2015. But, man, Hank Bachmeyer has just – it seems like the regression there in three or four years. This is a guy who won his first start ever as a true freshman on the road in Tallahassee, and now he's losing in something called El Paso. Yeah, some Benjamin Button going on there with Hank Bachmeyer, I feel like. 12 commitments right now so far for the Broncos in the 2023 class. They started off slow, but they turned up the heat a bit in in the summer. Uh, They do have some prospects that have been offered by other schools, and that's always the alarm. And that's always, I think, the question mark with Boise State. Are they going to be able to hang on to some of the prospects? Because as soon as someone commits to Boise, you know that other programs start to scour that list and say, oh, you know, how... Or, you know, how are they getting this guy? Are we sleeping on him? Uh, is this the kid that's going to come back and, and burn us? Is this the kid that's going to, you know, eventually turn into an NFL draft pick? So that's always the question mark with Boise State. We're going to see what that entails here moving forward. They fired their offensive coordinator, Tim Plow, who, you know, I think was doing a really remarkable job of recruiting. I think he was maybe one of the more active ones on that staff, uh, but obviously not getting it done on the field on Saturdays. Uh, in this case, it was it's Friday where they lost to you. Utah, but uh, Boise State wondering if we're ever going to see them reach that pinnacle, especially now with college football being where it is, the name, image, and likeness market, the branding, the parody that I think we've begun to see, and then all the conference realignment as well. Where does that leave Boise State? We're going to take a short break. We're going to continue our conversation on West Coast recruiting. You're listening to the West of the Rest podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
back on the West of the Rest podcast, Blurring Gulo with Brandon Huffman, National Recruiting Editor for 24-7 Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Brandon Huffman. If you have complaints, remember, you always send them to <laughs> at Greg Biggins, National Recruiting Analyst for 24-7 Sports. Huff, some recruiting buzz. Let's get into it. Elijah Page decommitted from Notre Dame. Another, uh, I think, another hit for the Fighting Irish. You know, Marcus Freeman, not off to the greatest start. They did win this past weekend, uh, but they took a loss on the recruiting trail. This is a prospect who uh, saw his stock rise tremendously during the spring, came off the board to the Fighting Irish, continued to, I think, you know, have some of those conversations with other staffs. Uh, but according to people that I spoke to close to the recruitment, it seemed like this was a combination of maybe some some premature homesickness, right? He started to really sense, oh, the distance from home is going to be a bit too far. I want my family to watch me play. But also, I think the persistence of programs like USC, which are now going to have Elijah Page on campus this coming weekend for an official visit. So that I think you have to like the Trojans and we all flipped our crystal ball over to you. USC. And, you know, there's a couple other things there to consider. Obviously, they're recruiting Deuce Robinson, his teammate. Notre Dame has a former pinnacle offensive lineman on the program, in the program right now, Tosh Baker. You know, it, it makes you wonder, too, where, where this is purely speculative, but we do that on this show. You know, is the offensive line issues at Notre Dame, the return of Harry Highstand, you know, are there things that maybe don't make Notre Dame's offense look that remarkable? Whereas you look at a USC, now you know, you've got a guy like Andrew Voorhees who's being projected as a first-round draft pick. You know, you, you've got uh, a teammate that may be leaning towards USC or looking strong. you got USC, which is back to being one of the hot-hit teams, not just in the West, but nationally. And naturally, this is where, you know, you and I have said before, one result, one game doesn't make a recruit change his mind. It's the perception around the programs, even in two or three games, that they do pay attention to. So does Notre Dame's maybe slow slumbering start with USC's kind of fast, exciting start? Is that maybe flipping the, the, the dial a little bit? This is why they play the games. Guys commit early, but they still are paying attention to that ball. Yeah, with over 80% of the four stars already committed in this class, I mean, it, it, it's only going to make for a really exciting finish. I'm I'm already I'm already getting headaches trying to make phone calls and, and chase down all this recruiting news, to, to be honest with you. It's going to be uh, one of those years. I, I get the sense that this is just the beginning of what's going to be a wild ride towards the early signing period. Elijah Page has backed off his commitment to Notre Dame, looks to be headed to USC. Now, we'll be taking an official visit. That's just the the vibe that we're getting there. Uh, and, and it's a remarkable one because I do feel like he could be one of those program changers uh, up front. You know, we talk about it quite often about how USC is always going to be able to put up points. Uh, but we saw how important it was for them when it was a it was an ugly game in Corvallis this last weekend. Uh, but you need some of that strength up front. You need the size. You need some of those players that are going to get you over the hump where, you know, maybe it doesn't it doesn't look like it's going to be a high scoring affair, but you just need a tough one out. Elijah Page fits that bill all of six, seven, uh, about 315, 320, a really impressive offensive tackle, a four-star prospect. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Donovan Pellot Huff also committed. He he came off the board to UCLA. Uh, he's rated as an 89 in our rankings, which is a high three-star. 
a top five player in the state of Nevada right now in the 2023 class. Goes both ways. He plays running back, plays some safety. UCLA likes him at linebacker. Uh, he told me that Ken Norton sees him as his future inside linebacker in that defense. And it, it, I think it's an interesting one because he doesn't really play that position now. It's more of a projection. But when you look at him, when you see, uh, I think, the trajectory of his body type, I think you see that. And, and I had a Pac-12 assistant tell me that when he saw Donovan Pellot in the spring, it reminded him of Fred Warner. So, you know, UCLA potentially getting a sneaky steal here. Uh, I was told that schools like Texas, LSU, I think it was like Oklahoma, uh, a few others from outside the region had been out to Vegas to to scour and to go and take a look at some some players at different schools. Uh, and all they wanted was verified track times or verified speed, which he doesn't have yet. He hasn't been a camp guy. He hasn't been to showcases. He hasn't been going out to events. Uh, so he doesn't have a lot of that data, but UCLA managed to convince him to go to Westwood and camp with the Bruins. And um, I think they liked them enough to offer. And obviously now he's he's a part of this class. What did you make of, of this pickup for the Bruins, which is only their seventh so far in this class? Yeah, I, you know, I like the, the pickup because this is a guy who is, when we think Las Vegas, we think Desert Pines, we think, you know, obviously Bishop Gorman, you know, a school like Silverado, which has had tremendous success, maybe doesn't turn out the prospects at a dizzying pace like a Gorman does or even a Desert Pines or, or a Green Valley or some of the schools that have had recent runs. But you look at what Pellet's done on both sides of the field this year, you know, as a running back, as a receiver, as a linebacker, this is a guy who impacts the game. And that's what you, you want to see. When you're not at a school that's a superpower, when you don't have 15, 20 other D1 guys on your team, you want your best player to act like the best player and show that he's the best player and light up the scoreboard and light up the box score on both sides of the ball. And that's exactly what he's done. And a player that with his size and athleticism probably you know, has a chance to get on the field early at UCLA, given their linebacker struggle, just given the fact that they've recruited at such a dismal level at linebacker in the last three or four years and have had to rely heavily on the portal. Now, all of a sudden, UCLA's got a decent little linebacker group. And Pellet's a, a big you know addition to that group with a guy that I think really may even have his best football ahead of him. Yeah, Pellot told me that UCLA's moved Pellot, to the Big Ten. Pellot, not Pellum, sorry. <laughs> he told he told me <laughs> he told me that the the move to, to the Big Ten is is something that he's definitely excited about and something that I think raised UCLA's status in in his own eyes, right? Because he was looking at schools like Arizona and Washington and Washington State, uh, all programs that I think are on the rise in their own regard, right? With new staffs, uh, all 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 the all the makings of programs that are only looking to improve from where they're at now. But UCLA's move to the Big Ten was. Uh, a thing that I think pushed them over the top for him, and he's excited to potentially play against Wisconsin. Not not if George Kliakov has anything to say about it. Uh, Dejan Lafitte is also going to be playing in the Big Ten. He he committed to USC, player from Colony out in the Illinois Empire for all the latest on him. Make sure you head on over to uscfootball.com. Gerard Martinez, our reporter, uh, was on site this last week to take a look at Dejan Lafitte. So if you're interested to see what he looks like and what he could be for the USC Trojans, remember, head on over to the Peristyle, uscfootball.com. Huff, before we wrap it up the recruit performance of the week let's go out to the state of utah corner canyon linebacker owen borg a three-star prospect in this 2023 class had two interceptions 
to help Corner Canyon beat the number one team in the state of Utah, Sky Ridge, and Tausilia Kana and McKay Hillstead and, and a number of players on that roster. And we give a lot of credit to the quarterback play at Corner Canyon and, and obviously for good reason, right? They've had Zach Wilson, they've had Jackson Dart, they've had Devin Brown, who's now at, at Ohio State. In the current roster, they have Isaac Wilson, the four-star in the 24 class. But the defense has been churning out high quality, high quality prospects. You go back to a Van Fillinger, right? You know, a Harrison Taggart, who's a freshman at Oregon, a four-star prospect and, and a really, really fast defender who was, I think, keeping up with even the fastest and quickest receivers uh, in the seven-on-seven circuit last year. Owen Borg had two interceptions on Friday. So, you know, potentially another really, really uh, impressive gemstone there on the Corner Canyon defense. I think reports of Corner Canyon's demise have been greatly exaggerated. Obviously, they don't maybe have the, the the loaded roster top to bottom like they did when Jackson Dart was setting it on fire two years ago or even with Devin Brown a year ago to make the state championship game. But there's some, some talent there. Obviously, with Isaac Wilson, he's probably getting a lot of the attention. But, you know, you and I saw Cash Dillon this summer at advance and now Owen Borg making his presence known. So, Corner Canyon, obviously a big win for them, a nice performance. By, and that's what it seems like. Every week when you see Corner Canyon tweet, there's always one guy whose kind of name isn't as popular as the other who's out there making plays, and Owen Borg was that guy this week. Yeah, impressive for the BYU commit, Owen Borg, two interceptions. He earns our recruit performance of the week, Huff. I want to give you the floor before we go to give our listeners uh, an indication of what it was like to put the mayor in your mouth uh, <laughs> this last week, but also how they could potentially get some if they are in the Seattle area. If you are in the Seattle area, head on over to Georgetown Brewing Company down in Georgetown. The mayor was uh, released to the public last Friday, uh, sold a number of them. It benefits the Avery Huffman DIPG Foundation, which obviously is near and dear to my heart. Uh, the Jordan Morris Foundation uh, for Type 1 Diabetes, and Helinski's Hope, uh, named in honor of Tyler Helinski. His family established that uh, for mental health and, and suicide awareness. Uh, but it is a darn fine, tasty beer. 7.8, I think, was the uh, ABV on it. I was able to sample some and then imbibe in some on Friday, but it'll be available for a limited time. There's a big barrel. A lot of kegs went off the shelves. A lot of growlers went off the shelves with Washington, Washington State, and the Seahawks all having home games this weekend. So don't delay. Go get yourself uh, a growler or two or six like I brought to share with people of the Mayor IPA. The Mayor. I missed it by a week. How, how depressing. I know. I was sad for you. Yeah, all right. So that's Brandon Huffman, National Recruiting Editor for 24-7 Sports. Remember to like and subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. For Brandon, our producer, Lance Glenn, I am Blair Angulo. Thanks for listening to this edition of the West of the Rest podcast. 